0: Hey, Svelte Radio listeners, we're back. It's me, Kev, and here's Sean and Brittany. Hello.
1: Woo-hoo. Hello.
0: What's up, guys? What are you up to?
1: Not much. How's it going?
2: I'm pretty good. I'm on my second hour of podcasting, so I'm a <laughs> <bit> dry. <laughs> You're out of chit-chat? What's it called?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Today's definitely my podcast day, too. I've got another one later and a Twitter space, too. So I'm going to be, like, streaming all day.
0: You guys are so busy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's the life.
0: All right. So last time we talked about the documentary, this time, what are we talking about? Everything. Breaking changes. Breaking changes, yeah. Yeah, breaking changes, a lot of other cool, interesting stuff that's happening. But yeah, maybe we can get a, a recap like, Brittany, what have you been up to?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like there's been a lot that's happened since we've recorded last. And I know we're going to get into more of this felt kit stuff. I did do a tutorial with Prismic. Um, they're doing a newsletter series where it's kind of an introduction to different things. Their first one was on uh, Pina, the Veet State Management Library. And then I did the second one on svelte and it's like a little basic introduction to svelte with uh, svelte stores and it's a bubble popping app where you can pop bubbles and get a score and then when you win it pops confetti everywhere
0: oh it's a
1: really fun little game to build
0: how have i not seen this i need to play this i don't know
1: (laughs) yeah
2: is this is this taken from the svelte siren site
1: it is the same code for the bubble popping, yes, but I added in some stuff for keeping score and stuff. I would like to actually add the game to the Siren site. I think that would be fun if there was like a different route for it.
0: Yeah, that would that'd be cool. And then you can maybe get achievements and stuff.
2: Nullify actually has this when you're deploying and you're, you're waiting for your build. You can get some uh, matching, card matching. The match game, the name yep. The match game. It's a cute little match game. But yeah, if, I would play it more if I had achievements. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> I actually met a uh, ghost in London. Uh, We've met up for lunch, and I think uh, some of the bubble stuff was hers. It's just Absolutely. very talented. Yeah, yeah, makes me feel very old because she's exactly half my age. Yeah, she's very young.
1: <laughs> she is very young and so talented to be that young. And yes, yeah, she redid all of the bubble popping app in like true spelt code, which is amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. So pretty nice. Pretty nice.
2: Yeah, my update is is pretty light. I've been mostly working on on my data stuff. I don't know how much people saw Origins documentary. I think we talked about it last time, but people are still tweeting about it. It's still being watched. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, for the amount of work and the people that went into it, I just want to make sure that people have seen it. So I'm putting in a mention of, for Svelte Origins. The other thing is I'm very excited about uh, Kit. Uh, I have my own little blog starter called SwixKit that ha- is primarily focused on content, but I've been thinking tiddling, uh, fiddling with adding a dashboard to it. And I think I want to add some default actions or stores to that starter kit that, every, that I think everyone should have. There's been a trend on Twitter recently about how, actually, you know, the URL is a really good state manager. It, it serializes the state. You can copy that mm. state and then paste it in. I think that should be a default design pattern in SvelteKit apps. So I'm just going to build it in. Yeah, like nice. get params and stuff.
1: Yep. You're using GitHub issues as the CMS for that, right?
2: Yeah, but no, that's content, right? But then also I want a dashboard. I think if we need to basically lower the bar, lower the energy barrier. for If anyone wants to spin up a dashboard, SvelteKit could be the best choice for them if we made it easy. Like there are yeah. certain designs and certain components and layouts that are common among every dashboard. So we just make a default starter that's very good for people to work off of. Uh, and you probably want to include tables. So I'm probably going to throw in stack yeah. tables the, from Tanner Linsley. He's generalized React tables into a framework agnostic table solution. So you can try to pick off of that and then some kind of basic charting solution and some toasts and some account system, that kind of stuff. Like just all the very basic things that everybody needs for a dashboard.
1: That's awesome. What about you, Kevin?
0: So I've been, I've been all over the place. It feels like went to, to the, I was going to go to the London meetup, but that was complete chaos. It got canceled because of the heat wave. And, I, and unfortunately, I didn't get to meet Sean. He was also in London, but it's just uh, another month to Sveld Summit, right? So yeah, yeah. Meet up there. I'll, I'll
2: be at Sweden. Anyway.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, but yeah, it was fun. We did like a social thing instead where we just had beer, basically. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I got to meet Willow or Ghost and Scott and a bunch of other people, Brittany from Bloomberg. Yeah, a lot of fun stuff. It was great. It was great.
1: That's good that y'all got to throw something together after. Yeah, that was just a horrible heat wave. Yeah,
0: Scott really, he really did not like having to organize that meetup, I think. So we we had to change the venue like five times. And so we finally got a venue at at a nice rooftop bar, right? But then it turns out they had a 21-year-old policy. So Willow obviously couldn't come in. So we had to ad hoc, like switched a venue during the meetup. So she, and she'd traveled a far, from far away. Right. So, (laughs) but yeah, it worked out and it's so like, we were pretty irritated because they, so I asked them like, can you, can you not make an exception just for, for one person? It's literally one person and we're probably going to be like 20. They're like, no, no, no. I'm like, what? Anyway, that's my short update. I'm moving tomorrow. That's going to be a lot of fun. Excited about that. Yeah. Thank you. But yeah, other than that, I'm just uh, heads down working on Svelte Summit, organizing, figuring out catering, all of that good stuff, ordering lanyards, all the fun I'm sure stuff. There
1: is so much work that goes into that that we yeah. don't even realize behind the scenes.
0: I mean, it comes and goes in waves. I think like the amount of work because you often have to you have to wait for other people to take decisions and make decisions, and mm, yeah. have to like go back and forth. Anyway, boring stuff. Let's talk about something uh, more exciting, like Svelte Summit, which is next month.
1: Svelte Summit, <laughs> yay! Woo!
0: It's going to be great. Very, very, very excited. excited
1: to see everyone yeah. in Stockholm.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: Hopefully, have a lot of our like core people that we know from Discord and finally get to meet everyone in person. Very excited. Absolutely,
0: yeah. So, if you don't have a ticket, go get a ticket because you want to be there, of course.
1: Yes, don't want to yeah. miss it.
0: Don't want to miss it. All right, SvelteKit, SvelteKit changes. So. We've already announced one MC. So that's Tejas Kumar. I think that's how you pronounce his name. We (laughs) talked about this before and we didn't know. But yeah, yeah, so so we're adding another MC. Can you guess who it is, Brittany?
1: Should I just say it? You should just
0: say (laughs) it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I am going to be co-emceeing Spelt Summit, and Yay. I am so, so excited! Yay! Woo! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we cheering crowd! Yay! I need a jump Yeah. Roll for
0: oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> <need> maybe, something. <laughs> maybe that's a, actually a thing to get, like a sound... Didn't you have a soundboard at some point, Sean? I have a soundboard. I just
2: unplug it in. I'm worried yeah. about overusing it because it might get annoying. Yep.
1: Can you use Stream Deck for soundboards?
2: Yes, yes. I you have, have to do a bit it. of setup. And oh. you have to loop back your audio, but I could actually set it up. Do you want me to? I can to set it up right now. <laughs> oh, I think I have to leave and then come back because I can't uh, change it. Oh. Well, audio. Well, don't, 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 don't. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's going to be great. I'm excited about that as well. Let's move into the, uh, the spell kit changer.
1: Yes, there's quite yeah, a few to uh, get to.
0: Yeah, so, so it seems like Rich is on like a, like a coding spree deluxe he's uh just committing stuff all over the place and other people are as well of course
1: with some really great commit messages in there too
0: yeah yeah what was the one about safari
1: oh with the fire of a thousand suns or something. safari
0: should die in a i don't know i don't remember (laughs) he really likes a safari
1: There was one on ESLint too that I literally snorted when I read it because it was so funny. I have to find these. <laughs> just to yeah. link them for people.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, one of the, the bigger changes, well, I mean, they're not, it's not really a big change. It's just like they're changing the name of a couple of things. So, in endpoints, you've been using lowercase uh, variables f- or function names now for get, post, del, and all of that stuff. So, that's a, that has changed into, all being capitalized, be according to to the spec, which some people despise and others like it. It has this nice side effect of letting us use the full delete keyword, right? Because you couldn't yes. do that before you had to call it Dell. So that's nice.
1: I hated the breaking change, but I felt like it was the right call. Like, especially after reading the proposal, the RFC, it was like, that makes a lot of sense to like match up with the spec where we can.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. What else? There's the environment variable stuff. I'm not sure if that's released yet or if it's in. Or I was going to e- say
1: I, I didn't know environment variables changed. What changed?
0: No. So so they're adding these, I guess, generalized ways of getting environment variables from like an internal Svelte thing. So you don't have to to set it up manually using like env or uh, using the V oh, built-in stuff. That's going to be nice. The-
1: v one pushes it to the client, right? So you can't do server-side rendering with the V environment variables.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so they're so trying the, to
1: build something in.
0: Yeah. So it's basically also, I guess, to, to make it easier to handle secrets and like Cloudflare and Versal and Netlify and all of these other places where you have other ways of handling API keys and stuff. So I think that's nice. I'm not sure if that's a breaking change, though. It was just something I, I wanted to talk about.
1: <laughs> nice to talk about it.
0: Yeah, but there is a, another brain change. The, so they've moved away from using the SvelteKit command, right? Yeah. So now when you build and run your app, you just use Vite, the Vite command and some, something else. And that, while doing that, they also move the config. Maybe you can enlighten I brains.
1: Did they move the config or just add a config file?
0: So previously in the Svelte config, you had, these, you had this VeeT property where uh, you can in, put
1: inside of kit. inside yeah. of the
0: kit. Yeah. So I think they moved that out into its separate Vite config file. And so now you're doing the Vite config in the VT config kind of makes sense. And this was
1: one of the bigger things that broke people's sites. Like yeah. th- the builds would just be failing because it literally yeah. switched all of your scripts from Svelte kit to be, they had to be changed and. Now, if you use VS Code, it pops up a thing about installing an extension for V and it will run localhost 4000 right inside of VS Code now, Oh, which is kind of interesting, which is weird because 4000 isn't even what V uses. It's like 5123 <laughs> or it's like a random port.
0: No, it's I don't think it's even random. It's, it's just like the port has changed to 5173.
1: 5173, you're right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it's not random. It's just that's a very random number for Absolutely.
0: a port. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. It's
1: different than 3000, <laughs> which is what we were using.
0: For sure. It's kind of nice to not have it be what everyone else is using, though. I don't know. Yes, Maybe not. that
1: is true. No, I think it is because when you go to localhost 3000, a lot of times you'll have like other things that are in there populated and cached. And so it's nice to be different sometimes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's nice to be different. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's any other breaking changes that I can think of or any. I'm sure there are lots of changes. That I've missed. I haven't talked about. I
1: don't know if this would actually break, but the alias is being moved under kit too. So it was under the vet config before, and it doesn't actually go into the vt config now. It's just top level under kit in the svelte config file.
0: All right. That's a.
1: Aliases are a big one for me because I don't love the dollar sign syntax and I have to change it to ats on all my site Oh, really? I just think it makes it more readable. It's like it's at this folder. So I just used the at symbol, the ampersand. Or no, yeah. that's not the ampersand. What is the at symbol called? At? At.
0: <laughs> at. <laughs> I think, isn't it?
1: Maybe. I, I actually don't know.
0: don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Some great news. Doomdy Doom, who's been on the podcast a couple of times, has been hired by Vercel to work on yeah. drum roll. We need that soundboard next time. Next time. <laughs> He's working on Svelte Kit. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! At least for now. I, it's awesome
1: I, to have another person full time.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's the point that he's going to work on that going forward. And yeah, Brisselle also, or Steph, I guess, released the beginner Svelkit course that teaches you the basics of Svelkit.
2: Pretty nice. Yes. I'm looking forward to the mm-hmm. playground as well so we can use it yes. in version. Is that fully usable? I don't know.
1: I think it's usable. The content is just not fully there, right?
0: Yeah. It's still, though, like the... I remember Rich saying in the talk that they didn't want to add, like, the ability to create files and stuff in the new tutorial, or learn, I guess it's called now. It would be nice to have it like a REPL on steroids, basically. So you Yeah, do it's
1: learn.svelte.dev. Uh, and it looks... I mean, the content looks like there's a lot. There's four parts, and it goes all the way through advanced Svelte kit, So maybe... Oh, there's a to-do in here. So maybe there's some things that are not quite finished, but looks like they're working on it. I'm very excited for that as well.
0: Yeah, it's going to be great. All right. Community stuff. There's been meetups all over the place. London. Well, that was just a social thing, but it, it was kind of a meetup. It was a lot of fun. You were going to do a talk there, right, Sean? I was going to do a talk as well. And I, <laughs> yeah. I was going to, ra- you know, your, uh, your post, what's it called? React for apps, Svelte for websites. So I was gonna do like a clickbaity riff off of that and call it sure. something like "Svelte for everything, React for nothing?" Question mark. <laughs> just, oh, just a bait wow. people. <laughs> but I never got just to do it. Just Be the so. hot
1: take. Just do yeah, it for yeah, YouTube. Yeah.
0: Just for yeah, YouTube. I think I, I,
2: think I will. You yeah, have more people will see it.
1: I found the tweets. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny still.
0: It's a fun. Uh,
2: and for me, I think I was just talking about for Six Kit, which is when I. Looked at Svelte in 2018, 19. The technology was there. The community wasn't there. I think the community's grown a bit. We are seeing people starting to build very interesting things on top of Svelte. I think where, what it kind of needs next is to really improve developer productivity by having good templates to start with. And I think SvelteKit is a once it's stable, it's a it's a really good foundation on which to build those templates. The really basic one is a blog template. We should have a few options to give people documentation template would be really useful. Uh, so we can replace DocuSource. You know, I think DocuSource could be a lot faster. And then finally, an app template, uh, Most the first of which would be a dashboard. I actually had to try to build a dashboard for a friend's project that he was requesting front-end help on, and I was really slow. Like, there's just a lot of missing components that I could grab, I might be able to grab off the shelf in, yeah. in React land, but uh, just don't exist in, in Svelte land. But also they're probably missing in React Land or they just don't have the same opinion. So like the URL thing, I think that all dashboards should have some kind of serializable state into the config. Uh, So those kinds of opinions, I think, need to be built by multiple people, not just me. And so that was going to be the talk. Yeah. Sounds like a talk you should do at some point.
1: I have two things on that. Do you think that trying to think of word my I just completely lost my train of thought. Oh, the templates. How are you or do you have a suggestion for keeping them updated, which is one of the problems I think happens a lot with templates is they get outdated and they, yeah. especially with it not being 1.0 yet.
2: I don't like, so even SwissKit, like I maintain it on the side and I only look at it like maybe twice a month. So stuff will fall out of date, but I got a PR from someone else coming in to fix the thing that broke with the, the command changing. And I just accepted the PR and then now it's back to working. So I don't know, community. <laughs>
1: Those PRs are <laughs> lifesavers, aren't they? When people from the community <laughs> you know. are just like, here, take this. Yeah. That, but like,
2: I think you, you can't just like throw something out there and expect people to accept it. Like you have to show some amount of significant commitment and some strong opinion that most people agree with. Like you don't have to make everybody happy, but I, I think you have to make enough people happy that they're like, okay, like, this is a really good starting point. I can customize it to whatever I want. And if I see some trouble, I will I'll contribute something back upstream. I think that is how open source really should work. And so, yeah, I think you know we really need to like this is the next stage in, in Svelte, which is we just need to make sure like what are the three four main things that everybody needs. Make sure that mm-hmm. everybody knows where to find those. We have the 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 thing on the sort of component finder on the Svelte Society site, but it, now it's a question of quality rather than quantity. Yeah.
1: That was the other thing that I was going to ask about is, do you think that there's like components that are missing, like a UI component library or something like that?
2: This like, material UI, felt stuff. I don't, are you aware of any other? I mean, I'm sure there are others. There's, I just
0: there's a, there's aware. a really high quality one built off the, like the Windows, Microsoft something. I don't
2: remember what it's called. Microsoft?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they have this.
1: Carbon uh, has one.
2: Yeah,
0: so that's the IBM one.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So design systems. But so like, to me, like design systems are good. Reasonable components are good. There are some things that are known hard problems, right? You don't want to write your own day picker if you don't have to, right? You probably just want to pick one off the shelf. You don't want to write your own table if you don't have to pick one off the shelf. Charting, try not to do that unless your whole app depends on charting. Then sure, go go do D3 or whatever. But otherwise, you know, just take a, standard charting component right so stuff like that we should have like a core set of blessed things that are high quality everybody just knows like if when you need that just take it off the shelf and, and throw it in there and so curating what that is and making sure that everybody knows it like, it's kind of this felt stack is the remaining job i think for the next two or three years
1: that makes sense
2: yeah yeah i think so
0: like especially like you you mentioned like dashboards and stuff like you really just need something to work like that works properly. It doesn't have to be really... super pretty. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Even if you want it to be pretty, go ahead and mess with the styling. But the yeah, base functionality that everybody has. You need a toast. You need login, log out. You need a side panel. You need it to be responsive. All that stuff should just come default. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It I definitely agree. should. I agree.
1: Come with all yeah. that. And with style props, you could make it like a base pretty, and then like allow them to customize it to what they need.
2: Yeah, that's another uh, schism in the community. So I'm very pro Tailwind. Uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anything that i, I make the non-tailed people will not be able to use or may, i think it'll be a, another way like i'll try to like accept props for style props if you want it by default everything will be till i think that's a reasonable compromise anyway we'll try to figure it out but
0: yeah. yeah and it for like a dashboard it really doesn't matter you just need to like change the colors and that's it
2: yeah um, at least for a basic one I think for me, that would be my sort of commitment going into Svelte Summit, and we'll see how far I get. Nice. Exciting. Exciting.
0: Yeah, so the component library I was talking about, it's called Fluent Svelte. Fluent Svelte. Mm. Oh, okay,
1: yeah, I've heard of that.
0: Yeah, so that's pretty nice. Yeah, so we were talking about meetups. So there was one in London and another one in Vienna, which has videos up on YouTube that you can take a look at. I mean, they're talking a lot
2: about, I think,
0: Packaging components using kit, Pretty cool. And,
2: and uh, KitQL, which is yes, JY Coe. I don't speak French. I think this yeah, is a very French name. <laughs> All three words are French, and I don't know how to say it. Anyway, he's making KitQL, which is interesting because I think Scott Talinsky also had a GraphQL component thing.
1: Yeah.
0: I think they're doing so. I think KitQL is merging with another GraphQL library, if I'm not mistaken. So they're, I guess, yeah, I guess they're just merging the functionality and like doing the library together going forward.
2: Did he get in touch with you to post it on a YouTube or does, is he an yep. approved poster? Okay. Okay. So if people no. want to post their stuff, they should get in touch with you? Yeah. That's yeah. the easiest way. Yeah. Okay. I, I just, I pretty much just make a, a simple thumbnail and then I uh, upload it. Yeah. No, it's, I think it's a very nice thing to to do for the spell community because if everybody were to start their own YouTube, then it'll be hard for everyone else to, to discover it. So we should be a central source. Yeah, I agree.
0: Definitely nice. And there's the, the New York uh, meetup on the
2: 2nd? Uh, yeah, that is uh, August, uh, well, next week. So yep. they just announced it. I'm just going to throw it in there in case someone sees this.
0: Yeah, that um, makes sense.
2: And, but yeah, I mean, it looks like it's a regularly recurring meetup. I don't think I'll be there, but I'll be in some of the future ones because I'm nearby. So
1: it's a regularly
2: Regularly (laughs) recurring
1: Svelte meetup in New York again?
2: Yes. Awesome. uh, Original Svelte uh, society. I think that the problem has been that Microsoft used to be our main backup and they kind of closed for new meetups. So now we just have to keep finding places to do meetups. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a... I think I mentioned
0: it already, but there's a London one in August as well. I think late August sometime. So We can link to that. It's so
1: nice to see all these in-person events again. I wish I lived closer to a bigger community that does that. We do have some dev meetups around here, but they're definitely not spelt focused.
0: Right. Yeah. Yet.
1: Maybe I should go and get them interested.
0: Maybe you should start one?
1: Yeah. I don't know if I have (laughs) the bandwidth to start a meetup.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So in Stockholm... We started doing this Svelte Society Stockholm lunch thing once a month. So we meet up. Sounds to, very
1: sophisticated. It's like a luncheon.
0: I mean, <laughs> it's just <lunch>. Higher level. <laughs> <laughs> and we just talk like web dev stuff and JavaScript. Nothing fancy or anything. Last time we had burgers. So that was, was nice. No well, pressure.
1: There's no more. talks or anything. You just like kind no. of chit chat with just each other. That, that's nice to just let people
0: like get to know other Svelte developers that they they. They might be like the single person at their company interested mm-hmm. in Svelte. And so it's another way of like getting more people interested and meeting up. Yeah, it was super fun. Awesome. So what's, what's up on Svelte Sirens?
1: Yeah, so in August, we have Josephine Schaefer, I really hope I'm saying her last name correctly, coming on to do a Svelte Sirens talk for Storyblock with Svelte Kit. So we'll have a new talk up. We just had uh, Jess Sachs come on and do testing in Svelte, and it's kind of a precursor to her Svelte Summit talk that she's yep. going to be doing. So if you want to see some of the early bugs, go <laughs> watch the testing in Svelte talk.
0: Yeah, and Josephine is also doing a talk at the Svelte Summit. So,
1: Oh, nice. I wasn't sure. I've seen her at so many talks, conferences, and stuff lately. I wasn't sure if she was at Svelte Summit, too, but that's exciting. I'm really yep. excited to meet everyone.
0: Yeah, same. Yeah. So what's this Phoenix Svelte thing here? Transitional apps with Svein Phoenix and Svelte.
2: So I threw it in there because it's interesting to see other programming communities adopt Svelte. I think that's one of the ways in which React originally grew, if people didn't know. React originally gained popularity outside of Facebook, not in JavaScript. as with the Clojure community with David Nolan. And... And Phoenix is one of those cutting-edge stuff. It'll probably never be popular, but I think they have an interesting story with the front end uh, with Phoenix Live View. And I think they this is the first time I've seen someone pick up Svelte to use together with Phoenix. And they're also picking up Rich Harris's uh, transitional apps talk, which is the thing that he's trying to push for what SvelteKit is. It is not a standard SSR framework. It is not an SSG framework. It is transitional apps where you don't have to pick one or the other. And I think this is compelling and I wish there was more people doing this, this stuff.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd completely miss this. Like just skimming this, it looks very interesting. Like I've always been intrigued by, by Elixir and Phoenix Live View. I originally wanted to do like the backend for the Svelte Society site, like the admin stuff in Elixir and Phoenix Live View, but never ended up happening.
1: Yeah. He seems to be
2: pushing this as like a live view plus plus, like Svelte is the, you want to intercept live view events and then to, to make more interactive stuff. Mm. So if this is successful, we should encourage it because it is, this is one of those very trendy cutting edge stack type things. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: This seems like uh, someone we could probably have on the podcast. So I might reach out and see if uh, he's interested.
2: Yeah, yeah, reach out. I don't know anything else about Phoenix apart from that.
1: Yeah, this is so far out of my depth. Is this using Spell as the UI layer? And then Elixir and Phoenix are just the back end.
0: Yeah, so, so Phoenix is kind of like, well, I don't know enough about it to describe it properly. But like, so, so Phoenix is like, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, let's do that.
1: <laughs> we should just have them on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so some other cool new stuff here. So what's this right here? The.
2: Okay, so this is a Svelte REPL. I always love showing off REPLs because they're so lightweight. And this is Janos who is talking about how it's impressive what you can build with a few dozen lines of Svelte and SVG. And again, this is not like a, just a tech demo. This is physics education that happens to use Svelte. And I think if the more sort of educational use cases, like journalistic data driven storytelling type use cases, that is very relatable to a broader audience than just framework nerds. Here, we're not talking about framework nerds. We're just talking about how productive you can be trying to tell this very basic physics story and, Yeah, and the code here is is like this 69 lines of code in in felt, and he's just building these uh, electron nucleus visualizations. So I just think it's... It's
1: it's 69 lines of code, but just like the... felt, yeah. A lot of it...
2: The atom is is a different component, and that's 75 lines. But still, like, nothing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and there's, like, styles in there, too. So it's literally, like, I mean, that's not... A ton of code for that and it is the entire periodic table listed out and it loaded in like under a second (laughs) it's just incredible
0: yeah it's it's nice to see these like repls from people that aren't really i don't want to not call them web developers but like their main occupation is not like development but they still kind of like use svelte yeah yeah so very exciting
1: it's finding the things that allow them to do their job. I mean, that's why Svelte was developed, right? Is because it was like a need that they had.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then we have this React hooks in Svelte sheet sheet. I guess you could call it, or maybe just a comparison. Or
2: no, I think it's like a reimplementation, or like a yeah. It's, I guess it's a comparison. So the so Josh has been establishing this where what's the equivalent in React and what's the equivalent in Svelte, and just going through the whole list. I think it's an important tool for people coming over. I've had multiple people ask me this week, actually, you know, I use React day to day. I'm interested in Svelte, but I don't know how long it'll take me to learn. Oh, you really? Know, like just, <laughs> just go through the tutorial. Like you, <laughs> I think this cheat sheet is, is super helpful.
1: I think this is a great cheat sheet and it reminds me of like the meme that we keep seeing everywhere of like the use state versus Svelte.
2: Yeah. That like you can just take each one, one of these really and make well. a new meme. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so the question is, and I, I spent some time hanging out with uh, Danny Momov this week, and we talked a little bit about just concurrent React. And that is right now React's dominant area. Everything else is, is kind of being competed away with Svelte and Solid.js and all that, that you have a runtime that you can do concurrency, and they've been planning for it for five years. And so mm-hmm. I think if you need that, then yes, you will not have all these APIs spelled out nicely for you. But if you don't need that and you just need a very simple application, which 99% of people do, then use Svelte. Yeah. Let's see, Svelte and Remix. I don't think there's actual code for this one, but uh, someone's working on Svelte Plus Remix. It's something that Remix has explicitly said that they are leaving the door open to. They're not going to work on it themselves, but they have have encouraged the community to build uh, Svelte adapters for Remix. And so this guy, Austin Krim, is working on it. He works at Prisma.
1: I just reached out the other day and they said that they're finalizing some of the things for the PR to go in to make. It's Remix Router Svelte, I think is what it is. I have it on GitHub.
0: So Austin is doing a talk at Felt Summit about this, actually. So it's going to be fun. Oh, Remix?
1: This was a really funny conversation I had with someone. I knew there was a tweet about Remix and Svelte. And I told someone about it and I was like, you should do a talk about this at Svelte Summit and put in a CFP for it. And the next day I saw that this got announced that it was going to be a talk at Svelte Summit. And I'm like, (laughs) I knew this was a thing, like, and I could not find the tweet anywhere. I had to search like the depths of Twitter to find this tweet, but it exists. And I'm very, very excited to see more about this because I've been diving in a lot to Remix right now and I would love to use Svelte with it.
0: Yeah, I guess we'll we'll see in a month.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's an open question like, Remix kind of, kind of sells itself as like a middle out layer that means it should be usable with Svelte, but also like, do we want to adopt it? Like for our forms, for example, or should we use some kind of the, one of the Svelte form libraries? It's always one of those questions. Yeah.
1: I saw there's a RFC for forms right now up that Rich Harris has to make like an actual form thing. Yeah. Should I find what? that too? <laughs> oh
2: my goodness. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. So I think that it's a pretty old uh, RFC, right? It's like a discussion around like how to solve like the, how to do forms when the JavaScript is failing, basically. So like if if you have JavaScript disabled, like it's kind of like a riff on the, like if you initiate, instantiate a new SvelteKit app and you do the to-do example thing, you get this use form action in there that makes it so you can use it if you have JavaScript disabled. So I think it's basically like a discussion around like how do we handle forms? with regards to SSR and all of that stuff.
1: It is an old RFC. It's from January 24th, but someone commented on it seven hours ago, which was why it showed up in my yeah. feed again. But
0: it's definitely an interesting like discussion. And I'd love to see more like is It's one of those things that you like, everything is a form on a website, basically. Like you, you could use it. literally everything should be a form that it has a button. It's my take but
2: <laughs> yeah and that is the core of remix's contribution i would say just having a interpreter like having a paradigm for forms that progressively upgrades from normal html forms yeah i like to see that
0: that actually kind of goes pretty well with, with your thoughts on the uh, like yes having the state in the uh, in the url maybe that's yes
2: they also kind did, of. How yeah
0: you... actually like that makes sense as well for ssr like you could have all kinds of state yep. <laughs> show correctly on the client, we should push this more. <laughs> All right, yeah. So 3js and Svelte? Is that cube? Svelte cube? No. So this is another thing.
1: Yeah, Svelte Cube does use 3JS under the hood,
0: but Oh wow. This is cool. So this is another REPL with so it's it's like a it's a yearbook.
1: That is so disorienting if you go to this.
0: Oh wow. Oh, it's pretty cool.
1: It's creepy.
0: It's nice. It's nice. So it's basically a yearbook that someone made into like a landing page for the yearbook, I guess you could call it. And it uses felt and 3 uh, js. Probably
2: could use a bit more design feedback, but yeah, I mean, I want to do something like this for my, my homepage. My homepage is too boring. Yeah, same, same. I, I also want to,
0: like, just the fact of like doing, doing 3D stuff in a website, it like excites
2: me a lot. Oh, if you click on the circles, they disappear. If you click on the nucleus,
1: oh, that makes sense. I was like, it's hiding the text, but that does make sense. That oh, and you don't click through the text, so the ones behind are fine. Who did the site that has the little car that you drive around and you can see their portfolio?
2: Bruno Simon.
1: Yes, that's like the famous one. Yeah,
0: that's pretty cool. Let's
2: link that. But yeah, yeah, check this out. Okay, this is me again. I think the last three are me. So cascading. Con- so Hamilton Almer is a. Builder we're following. He is working on real data, so he's actually coming from the data engineering space, which is where I'm in right now. And so he's all about useful data viz with very, very large sets of data. And so, and real data helps you visualize, like let's say, like SQLite. And, and so I think it's useful to have these design patterns built, um, shared by people who are building actual products because they are actually working on interesting UI problems. And so f- for for him, it's kind of this is a recursive pattern that let's say you want to display a tree of arbitrary json or whatever that you would probably have to use so i just love sharing these examples because when you need this in future you just look up the show notes for this podcast or that tweet and then you'll you'll have a really good starting point point. and again it's all about getting small developers more productive by building community
0: yeah speaking of like looking up show notes and stuff i've
2: been toying with the idea of actually i'm going to talk about that later let's move on i'll finish up the last two from me. So the next pick for me is Scott Solitsky's Book It.
1: I keep wanting to say Book it. <laughs> Did you almost do it too? Book yeah, It, yeah, I think yeah, is yeah. right though.
2: No, but Book it is cute. So this is the fastest storybook that is force felt. So I'm going to basically build this into my app uh, starter because this is the oh, thing I've, awesome. been, I've been waiting for. So I knew he was building on this for a while. I didn't know that he released it and I just found out maybe two days ago. So yeah. We should have better documentation for our components. Uh, all our apps should have documented components with the Storybook. The only reason people don't use Storybook is because it's too slow. And doesn't re- I mean, we have to set up a lot of things with Svelte. And this one just understands Svelte natively. So I'd much rather use something like this. So yeah, let's see how far we can get it. But I think my opinions on apps like, have really sh- like shifted towards like, a monorepo setup with a Storybook, with tests, and with a component library that is separate from the app, You know, that kind of thing. So I think this will be a good foundation, I think, for like a recommended Svelte stack in 2022.
1: I think it's a really good move, too. Do you think that or wasn't the change to VET to aid integrating Storybook with kit because it did not have good VET support before and now that we've, it does have better VET support now, now that we've moved to Vite, that we can actually integrate Storybook, I think was one of the main reasons.
0: Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think there's also Veetbook, right? Oh. Another contender. Press. No, it's, no, it's, it's Veetbook. 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 Dev. It's, it's a storybook.
2: Lightweight alternative. Oh, man. So many people are trying to kill storybook. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I had not heard of this uh, one. Okay.
2: And then there's also,
0: uh, like, the, the original Svelte one that Rixo made.
2: Yes, Svench. Uh, uh, that one no longer works. Yeah, I tried it out recently. Yeah, Sveg. Yeah. So, yeah, one of these things will win. And I think it should be a, just a part of default tooling that we don't have to research and set up. Like, it, it just comes out of the box. So, I mean, it's, it's clearly needed. It's just like most people, it's just too messy to set up by yourself. So people don't do it. But uh, I think
1: it should be like in the CLI, like as a choice, like we get ESLint, Prettier, Setup, TypeScript, or JS, Docs, however you want that stuff, like ask if you want Storybook integrated or whichever one of these wins, ask if you want one of those.
2: Yeah. I think for me, it's like CLI is the optimization step. Like First, you need to just figure build it out. Yeah. template. And people just copy paste. And then you can build CLI once you're pretty sure. Yeah, and then okay, so the final thing is for command palette. I just think like command palettes are just a, a really good design pattern in any app. So again, this is probably one of those things that I will I'll try to make official. Even in Netlify, you know, one of the things like I actually prototyped the, the original command palette in Netlify, even if you're not actually doing any commands, just being able to type in, like, I want to go to the environment variable menu and not have to dig through like six different options to figure out where it is. If you just have a lot of options, and if you just have a quick nav to jump straight to that page or that section, is super helpful. So I think every app essentially should have a thing like this. And again, it's one of those things that it's too much effort to build on your own. But if you can just take it out of the box, you'll you probably have it. So
1: it is really nice. I see a lot of people using Algolia for this.
2: That's for search.
1: Don't they have the command palette into it too?
2: Yeah, but Algolia can only scrape like public repos, uh, public pages. It's meant for like documentation sites, you know, and blogs and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But once you're in a logged in experience, I'm sure Algolia has like some capability, but it's just more complicated, right? And it's personalized to per user. Yeah. And then you also cannot do actions, like actually trigger something to be done. Algolia is optimized, like any search engine is optimized for navigation rather than triggering actions. Oh, okay. So Action is kind of like a superset of like navigation and like do it, kicking off a process, right? Yeah. I mean, it's super useful
0: on the Kit website. I use it all the time. Yeah. I'd love to see this. That's it
2: for me. I think uh, Pixwise All right. Community. Yep. Like just, it's not even PIX. It's like community highlights. Like this is what everybody else is working on. And, you know, I want to make sure we shout it out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Brittany, do you have any anything? Or should we move to the, the most popular section of the... Uh, <laughs>
1: No, I think we went through everything. I know there was a ton of stuff, but yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Unpopular opinion. Mine. I'm not sure it's actually a hot take. It's, it's the first time I have one in a, in a good while. So it's SQLite is enough for most things. Literally most things. I think it's enough for, for almost everything. Unless you're really on a huge scale, I think SQLite can do what you want. And there's this cool... Little uh, backend as a service that got released a couple of weeks ago called PocketBase that I've been playing around with. That's basically just a, a single Go file binary or a single binary that has that uses SQLite on the as a database basically. So it does pretty much what I guess what the the Firebase and superbase and all of these backends backends as a service do. So you have real time data, you have collections and login and all of that cool stuff file storage yeah it's bits it's very nice so i guess this was more of a promotion for PocketBase base than a hot take for sqlite but yeah <laughs> if you haven't checked it out check it out it's a lot of fun
2: okay do we have room for uh, one more hot take or we opinion? have
0: we, ha- we have room for
2: many have, hot we, have, takes. I, have i talked about the client server full stack thing i don't think so don't remember don't think so so we, a lot of people, I think we are told that if you do front-end, you do back-end, that is full-stack. If you could do both, you're full-stack. And I think that's increasingly untrue. There's a layer below the back-end, which is just data pipelines and manipulating data. You cannot do recommendations. You cannot do collaborative filtering. You cannot do search without like a, a, essentially a data pipeline. Like, what is a search engine? What is Algolia? But a data pipeline is, ded- that is uh, dedicated on indexing your content. And so, like, there are all these sort of special use cases of uh, data pipelines. And I'm really diving into more of that. And I realized that I think a modern definition of full stack developer is client server data, not just client server. Because if you only have client server, you don't really have that much interesting information to offer your user because your, your user wants to know, like, what other people are doing. So that's comments and being able to s- serve a graph of, of stuff. Like, that is all like data modeling and data manipulation or data pipelining. You want to enrich that data, right? You want to say like, oh, I'll pull in data from five different data sources to enrich whatever information you give me. So that, you know, Clearbit is one of those examples where you give, I give you an email and you give me their, their profile, you give me their latest tweets, you give me whatever. That is the data pipeline. And so I think a lot of apps, like you need some kind of client server uh, data paradigm or you will not be full stack or you'll not be offering interesting service. Like it would just be a simple request response thing. So yeah, that's my unpopular opinion.
1: Yeah. I'm thinking about this one. Does it feel off? Well, the headless databases and things like that that are out there, you would say that you would need a separate person or that's separate from like the client server that you're working with the headless database in.
2: Well, sorry, you mean headless CMS or, or headless data? Like, I don't know what headless database, database If you're
1: using like Fauna or anything that you could pull in as a serverless thing into your app, that's not full stack anymore? Is that what you're saying?
2: That is not full stack by the majority of apps that are out there, right? Like if you think about, uh, actually, so what I did was I went through like the top apps in the world, YouTube, Facebook, like what does YouTube do? You upload a video and then it it actually does a pretty heavy media processing pipeline. And then it actually sends out notifications. And then it actually sends out recommendations in your feed. It's personalized for every single user. Like try doing that with a single server. You cannot, like (laughs) you have to put it into a pipeline. And I think like these are standard features that every app will eventually have. A simple app that you do for a demo that you do in a weekend may not have it. But I think every, let's say, B2C app and increasingly every B2B app will want a social layer, will want a recommendation layer, will want like, just that set of features that just makes more use of the data that you hand over to them voluntarily to enhance your experience, right? That, that is good user experience. I think a lot of times when, when we as front-end developers talk about user experience, in React we talk about V equals F of D. Like V is a pure function of, of state. And we've represented we've spent a lot of time on the F, which is the, the representation of data. But sometimes just having better data to display is better. Yeah. And yeah, uh, sometimes we rely on like just having good data sources and we don't have good data sources, we're out of luck. Well, that's not good enough, right? Sometimes we have to go out there and get it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that makes sense.
2: yeah Yeah. So this made me so I you said
0: something at the start of, of this where I remembered that I was going to talk a bit about the uh, Svelte Radio website. Uh, so I've been playing around with Pocketbase to, to build that. So we talked a bit earlier about like all of these links and stuff that we put in the show notes. And I kind of want to make it into a database of some kind. And I'm going to see if I can try to, to make it searchable. So each link would basically be one entry or one row in a in a database and then you would be able to search on the Svelte Kit or sorry Svelte Radio website for different links and stuff. I think that could be cool. And I was going to use Pocket Base for that. Nice. So I completely forgot to mention the thing that I was going to talk about. But yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, and so for example, like we people will submit their stuff, right? Like they'll submit their repos or whatever. And then we have to enrich that data. And so what do we do? We do a cron job or we do a manual refreshes. That is a pipeline.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's a good example.
2: And the pipelines get a lot more complex. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, how complicated can it be for a podcast, right? Well, actually, it could probably be very complicated when you think it about it. It could be more complicated. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I've been traveling in the, in the UK, and I've been listening to podcasts, and I started hearing British ads in my podcasts because of dynamic insertion. Oh, interesting. Uh, right. So, and that's part of the audio production pipeline as well, which will just yeah. insert for the, the major countries.
1: I uh, did not have an unpopular opinion until I looked at the time and realized that soon I have to go to a Twitter space. And I was thinking about how much I dislike Twitter spaces because they are the worst platform that's actually popular. It's like people love this thing. And I think it's just like another form of community. I really like Discord for this with Discord stages and having the ability to have a text channel linked to it. I don't think they're very accessible. I think they're, I guess they make them like aware if you have a follower that's in a Twitter space, it pops up at the top, but it's the worst platform because you have to be on your mobile device, usually sitting at a desktop computer, because if you want to type, you have to actually tweet into like a thread that's created for the space. So you have like several devices. You have this nice microphone in front of you you can't use. And it's just, I don't know, it's not my favorite.
0: Sounds like the best experience ever.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> it doesn't work well with Bluetooth either. So Bluetooth will just randomly disconnect. And then you can't, there's no menu to reconnect to Bluetooth and like change your settings.
0: That's horrible. Like, <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm lucky I, have, I haven't really played around a lot with Twitter spaces. Yeah. Sounds like I, I'll avoid it. Going forward,
1: <laughs> they're fun to listen to if you're not talking. But if you're talking or speaker, it's just like it's a mess.
0: Yeah, maybe we should do some Twitter, like Svelte Society Twitter Spaces. Though we did a couple of uh, like stages in the Discord, right? Mm-hmm. I think we even recorded once, but the audio got like completely garbled up, couldn't be used. Sucks. But yeah, I guess that's it for unpopular opinions. Let's let's move on to the other. Most popular section, the picks. <laughs> so I guess you I'll go, go first. first. Yeah. So I'm picking a new browser called Orion Browser. Very cool name for a browser, right? It's basically Safari, but with some added features. So it has. Already, f- I already you said sold Safari. it.
1: Safari, you said the bad word. No, I already
0: sold it. <laughs> so it's basically Safari, but you have uh, fire. You have full support for Firefox and Chrome extensions. Oh, that's so, interesting. Yeah, that's pretty cool and you have Do we tre- need
1: another browser though?
0: I mean, maybe not, <laughs> but this is just a, U- a UI for a browser, right? So
1: What engine does it use under the hood? Is it Safari's engine and yeah, stuff? Web, and how WebKit. does that work? Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so it, so WebKit is open source, right? So
1: Oh, it is. Okay. I, I yeah, figured yeah. Apple had that locked down like a
0: Yeah, you would think so, right? But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's open source, yeah. Actually, so if you've read anything about Bun, That was released recently. That uses WebKit's JavaScript engine. I think it's called JavaScript Core, I think. Don't remember. Yes, yes Uh, it is. Yeah, so supposedly uh, JavaScript Core and Safari. Better than the the competition, you know. Best browser.
2: Anyway. (laughs) It's pros and cons. So this is, a lot of people were very happy that Bun actually picked JavaScript Core because they've been saying for a long time that Safari is actually faster uh, startup time than Chrome. And this is one of those instances that have proved it. But speaking to some of the Deno people, they've mentioned that it might have issues running on Windows because obviously JavaScript Core and and WebKit are optimized for Apple, right? I don't know how true that is. I'm just repeating what I heard. Oh, that makes sense. I'll move on since we have time uh, limits. My pick of the the week is Really Bad Chess. It is the chess program that I've been getting into. I've been kind of inspired by Magnus Carlsen. I I don't think it's a particularly unpopular thing there. It, just his dominance of chess for the past 10 years has been really inspiring. He's, and his, he's going to step down, right? No, no, no. He stopped playing for the World Chess Championship, which is one program that's run by, in a format that he doesn't agree with. Uh, it's, it's a very, very boring, but historical format that gives you essentially unlimited time to decide on moves. And that is not a very interesting format. And so the modern meta of chess is Blitz Chess. And that's what Magnus is really good at. He'll play like five minute games, like, you know, one minute games. And... And it's just exciting. And, and he also, he's a, he's a memer, he's a streamer, whatever. But for me, like, I actually met up with Joe streamer. in London and we played chess just on a whim together. And I won. And I was, uh, he was like, well, how, what do you do to get better at chess? And I realized that it was just this, this app called Really Bad Chess. It's by <laughs> Gage, uh, Justin Gage, I think his name is, who, who is, collab- is uh, Orda's collaborator on his Zach Gage. Who, uh, Zach and Orda are c- collaborating on their new game startup. So, He's just a serial game maker. And this is one of those things that really forces you. Because the thing about chess is that usually it starts in a fixed position, but ran, really bad chess just randomizes your pieces. So you just have to come up with new strategies on the fly. Oh, interesting.
1: So my pick is after talking about how bad Twitter spaces are, there's a new Twitter space that the Learn, Build, Teach Discord communities do on Friday. It's called Wins of the Week. And it's been really interesting. And they just allow people from whoever comes into the Twitter space to come up and talk about things they did that week. If you learned, built, or taught something, then come up and tell us about it. And it's it's been really cool and interesting to hear people from the community doing that. I'd love more Svelte people to join.
2: Yeah, sounds James like James Quick is
1: the one here. that puts it together. Yeah.
2: Yeah, James also got, went full-time recently. So that's an interesting... It shook full-time up my Full-time content was, creator. Yeah. Well, I think that's a topic for another day. Yeah, you got to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah.
0: It was nice talking to you guys again. And goodbye, every everyone listening. And uh we'll see you next time. Bye. bye Thanks bye. everyone.
2: Later.